Congratulations, it's Friday, which means you've made it to another weekly recap show. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to yet another episode of America Emboldened with Greg Bolden and Chris Michaels here on the America Out Loud Network. Make sure you go over to americaoutloud.news where you can check out all of my colleagues' work, people like Dr. Peter McCullough, Malcolm Out Loud, Paul Engel, Engel uh, Andrew, and Rob After Dark. Lots of great content there for you to check out. Would love for you to be able to join us there, as well as you can support us at americaoutloud.store with all of the goods that help support the network as well. If you're tuning in right now live, welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is the weekly recap where we go through all the hot stories of the past week and we start talking about it and getting our takes on it. And who's our takes? None other than my co-host, Chris Michaels. Chris, how have you been this past week? Oh, man, I'm glad it's Friday. That's how this week has been. Yeah. It's getting I, chillier, kind of snowy. It snowed here today. We got uh, really? we got yeah, we got an inch of snow. Now it's all melted because, of course, you know the ground here was so warm. But we got an inch on the grass. Uh, then it started melting about three hours after it began. But it was nice to see snow for the first time in twenty two wow. months. Twenty two months. When was the last time months. significant snowfall? Uh, twenty two months ago. Uh, no, no, no. So I mean, like more than an inch. Oh, uh, it's been over two years. Okay, so you guys are doing pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, global warming has been doing its toll. (laughs) Wink, wink, here in uh, Delaware. (laughs) Yeah, it's been bizarre. It was cold last week. Not that we're, uh, by the way, everyone, this is Weather Corner with Greg and Chris. Yes. Um, It was cold last week, and then they sprayed what they sprayed, and then all of a sudden it turned into like a balmy 50 degrees and it hasn't really gotten colder again until today. Um, interesting. 60 too. degrees on Sunday. Yeah, it was really warm, unseasonably warm. Yeah. Um, who's the guy on X that does the, uh, the space weather? Oh, that's Ben Davidson, who's been on my show before. Yes. Okay. So I'm not sure if we're following the same person, but he made a comment that the whole idea of chemtrails is nonsense. And the reason why you see all of these lines across the sky is because the engines are that much more efficient with thrust that you're going to see more of these lines from these planes. So that's why you don't see them as much in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, but now in the 2020s, we see them all over the place. Now, he seemed like he was on a, you know, a, a juiced up tirade because he didn't only <laughs> attack this. He attacked a couple of other people. He attacked the flat earthers and all that. But what I was going to say is, okay, download a flight tracker app and then try mm-hmm. to find those planes that are spraying. And guess what? If they were passenger planes, they would show up and they don't show up. So <laughs> I don't know what this guy is talking about. 
Well, we have a packed show today that might address a little bit of that. Uh, we have oh. a guest coming up here in just a few moments. He's in the waiting room waiting for us. Uh, but the, some of the topics that we're going to cover on the show today, Trump uh, was on Sean Hannity, and he said he would be a dictator day one, except is that exactly what he said? And so we're going to no. look into that comment. Well, the, the, you know, wait for the listening audience to no, hear Trump's I'm words. I'm not buying it. I am let's, not Let's wait it. for him to hear his words, and then we can decide after we listen to MSNBC's brilliant coverage of it. Uh, oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> we can decide whether or not he said this. We also okay. uh, have heard that Biden said something about how if he doesn't get the $175 million more in additional aid in the Ukraine, he was going to have to start World War III or something along those lines. But did he really say that? Again, we're going to address that tonight. We're going to go through it. We're going to talk about CTI, a big story from Michael Schellenberger, as well as from Matt Taibbi and others. We're going to talk about the GOP debate. And we're going to talk about what's been on a lot of people's mind, space weather. And that's where we're going to begin today's show, Chris, because space weather I've seen popping up at an exuberant amount all over social media because the sun last week had a rather large coronal hole, uh, so much so that I actually posted about it on social media, calling it a beautiful thing and something that people don't need to fear, that it's actually something that's quite normal. Uh, my comment, actually, I'm going to post for everybody right now, and I'll read it to you so that way you can see that I was not part of the fear campaign on my Facebook page. I said, not posting because it's harmful or fear. This isn't either. It's just a beautiful shot of our star this morning. Coronal hole is what you see here. Happens often, although not quite as big on a regular basis. But you may all enjoy this image. And you can see there's people here, 15 people that really enjoyed it there. And you can see the image up on your screen. Perhaps you've seen that all over socials. Have you seen this, Chris? Of course. It yeah. went everywhere. And even I commented because I said, wow, if that's a dark spot on the sun, how many Earths would fit into that dark spot? Uh, about 60. <laughs> yes, that's a lot of Earths. That is a lot of Earths. Now, I don't feel that that's really a comparison that needs to be made because I've been looking at space weather now for almost 15 years. In fact, I'm part of a community called the Suspicious Observer Community, which Ben Davidson that I was just talking about founded. He is the founder. I've been following his work ever since he founded it, uh, which is why I brought him onto the show last year around the same time of year. I am very, very interested in what happens on our sun because I understand that our communications technology sector is vulnerable beyond belief as we continue to send up more and more satellites and the sun could knock all of this out and send us back into the stone ages at any moment. And so there's a social media post that came out there yesterday, which is going to lead to why I'm bringing on the guest today. Um, some people may follow him that follow my show. In fact, he follows me. Uh, he follows me. His name is Dom Lucra. Dom Ooh. Lucra. Yeah. <laughs> 846,000 followers. He only follows yeah. 4,386 and I'm one of them. So I, I okay. guess, you know, I feel lucky for that. In case people don't believe me there, you can see it up on the screen. If you're following the live stream as well, right about now. There it is. There he follows me. Now, maybe wow. after he sees my unearthing of his post, Maybe he will no longer follow me, but he follows me as of right now. And so what I want to bring up for people is Dom Lucra yesterday posted about space weather and the sun. And he said, breaking the giant hole in the sun is now bigger than 60 Earths and is currently exploding. 
The problem with this Dom is this thing turned and stopped facing Earth two days before you made the post. I was on it three days before you made the post, and it was not exploding. It is called solar wind. Solar wind is not the same as an X-class flare coming our way. And so this type of stupidity coming out of an 846,000 follower account is irresponsible. It's fear-mongering. And guess what? People were falling for it. This community note was not there when I first commented. I had to actually make the first comment stating, I think community notes would do a really good job on this one because this is not what you believe it is. And then he got upset. He said, this community note should be removed. I'm the only one refuting in a long time. My wording came directly from the media. What media might ask? The India Today Science Desk. Sounds reputable. Not really. And so my point is, this guy is basically saying, I'm a plagiarist that gets 846,000 views. And I have no problem calling him that. You can hear this right now. You're, I'm live on X as I'm doing it. Tag Dom. Tell him that he's a plagiarizer and he needs to apologize to his entire following because this type of fear is dangerous. And our guest today is going to explain to us why this type of fear is absolutely so dangerous. He's not going to have video. We're just going to hear him. Might have to get his microphone checked right as we get going. But I want to welcome somebody who has had a background in emergency management. He's been on my show several times before. Average Joe, ladies and gentlemen. Average Joe, how are you doing tonight? Average Hi, Joe, are you there? You there he is. Can, can you hear me, buddy? I can. I couldn't hear you at first. It sounded like you were just getting out of the car. I heard the uh, the beeping <laughs> of the car door. And I know you're traveling and taking time to appear on the show to give us your expertise. So I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. I, uh, I'm always glad to, to join you. I enjoy our chats uh, online and offline. So um, thank you for having me. I'm glad to have you. Let's start off here. You, you spent years working in the emergency field, uh, former military. We've had these conversations as well about, you know, how irresponsible people can be on social media when they post this. What's the danger of posting something about space weather, giving people the impression that the sun is endangering the earth? Well, one, it's not something that a lot of people without a science background actually understand a lot about. So what is, you know, this guy's post saying it's exploding. That sounds to me like inflammatory language to sit there and just get spicy, um, you know, for clickbait, it's clickbait basically to me and, you know, preying on people's fears to say, oh, well, there's this going on. There's that going on. Oh my God, the, the, uh, the sky is falling. What, what do we do with the sun imploding? Uh, is this Krypton or, or what? You know, um, they, I think they really, uh, I think you were absolutely, you know, spot on with the, Hey, this is fear mongering. This is not in any way responsible. Uh, and if the guy's got such a large following, I'm sorry, I don't know the guy. Um, so sorry, dude, don't know you. Uh, but if you're fear mongering, then I, uh, I agree with Greg. Um, that's just to me, irresponsible. Um, especially if you're just putting out something, you know, nothing to little about. Um, so that's just my perspective. I think it causes people to have knee jerk reactions to something that they know nothing next to nothing about like yourself. You know, you've studied it a little bit. Uh, you're aware of it. Uh, other folks don't even know what a, a solar flare is or the fact, you know, how it affects us, you know. 
Yeah. And Joe, so you've known me for decades at this point in time. And can you tell my listeners uh, how in tune I am with space weather? Because I don't want people to think that, you know, I'm appointing myself in any way, shape or form as knowledgeable in this. Uh, Is this something that you and I have talked about for the last decade and a half? Yeah. Minimum. You know, um, you know, it's always something that we've, you know, questioned. And as we've gained our own knowledge um, and grown uh, it's something that we both, I think, have researched a, a little bit. You probably more than myself um, are a little bit more um, adept with not only space weather, but uh, regular weather. My area of expertise is the response to it. Um, but, yeah, it's something that you're not just a quack that's uh, sitting here espousing something and um, trying to fearmonger with people or placate people when they really need, do need to uh, take extra preparations. And I point out one of the things that that kind of allows me to speak on this a little bit more for those that are uh, listeners to the show regularly, they're like, where did this come from? Greg Bolden all of a sudden is talking about space weather. I, I also do radio engineering. I teach it. And so radio engineering, we need to pay attention to space weather because when there are flares, it actually will affect our ability to transmit our radio signals. And so there are alerts that go out that we pay attention to in the radio field to make sure that we get clean transmission from point A to point B, as well as we understand they can mess with our radio transmissions, our satellite communications and our cable. And so it's very important when this type of stuff comes out. Now, I know Joe, you you spent time in the emergency management field and there's this document that was shared with Chris via socials. And then he shared it with me. It got posted stating that police were receiving a Homeland Security and Emergency Services document in New York State. And I, I sent you the document uh, to prep for this. I'm going to put it up on my screen for those uh, individuals that would like to look at it here as well. I'll include in the link on America Out Loud. You can click on the uh, story and see this as well. But it says space weather response, the DHSES executive checklist. And I sent this to you and I I just asked, you know, if this is being put out there, what are some reasons why this would be put out there that aren't necessarily everybody panicked the sun is about to send off a solar flare and rather a a normal uh, reality of what emergency management services do? Because I believe what you're going to tell us is that this is something you would expect given the fact that this is in the media right now and people are talking about it. What's your take on it? Well, uh, the document that you sent me, uh, like I I told you, I hadn't actually seen that document before, but it's not surprising that uh, there's more of it uh, out there in the emergency management community as people get or become more aware of it. Um, So I don't think that that's um, something that's just out of left field. I think more people are just aware of it and the effect that it can have on uh, telecommunications and potentially uh, power. And as we, you know, head first, go head first into the digital age with everything being digital, everything being uh, electric, like our cars, which we may be mandated in the state of Delaware to do, um, you know, these things can be affected and if they're going to be affected, how can we uh, mitigate the uh, any kind of effects that are coming our way? I think really if the, um, if the document was sent out by New York Homeland Security, uh, that that's probably something that they're just making sure that the 
officers and first responders are aware because there may be some disruption in communications. Obviously, upstate New York has uh, a good mountainous region, so they're going to rely on radio a lot. Um, and all public um, safety really rely on their radio when they rely on cell phones and stuff too. But radio is, is huge. And if those signals can get inter interfered with, then you know that's something that they need to be aware of and say, hey, what are our, um, what are our procedures for a, a, some sort of interruption in uh, communications? How do we know how to contact each other? And if we're going to be uh, in the dark with communications, how are we able to operate remotely or, um, you know, satellite, not, not via satellite, but in satellite locations, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's, uh, that's the basis of why they put something out. One, because people are more aware of it. Two, why is there a disruption in communications? Like uh, somebody's on the radio and for some reason just doesn't work or isn't transmitting. Uh, earlier tonight with me, trying when we were trying to arrange uh, getting on the call, you know, all of a sudden I lose reception. You know, then you're, you know, that happens during a first responder um, emergency or something like that. Then that's obviously something that they've got to deal with. They've got to say, okay, all right, now I've got to make my adjustment and call an audible here, um, right? Whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, so now I have seen. I'm sorry. I, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say one of the things that I, I'm looking at through here is if we're really dealing with a space weather, extreme space weather event, meaning we get a X class flare of um, a catastrophic hit, or we get what some people say that we could get a micronova sometime from the sun. We're not talking about having any radio uh, type of transmission on the sun-facing side of the Earth after really, depending on how fast it comes out, it could be 12 hours, it could be 36 hours. And after that, we're going back to the Stone Ages. That's the part that I think that people don't realize here. Like that, this document that's out here, and the reason why I get so sensitive to fear around this as a topic, it's basically the equivalency of an EMP going off over top a major city. And then, you know, society is going to start to fall apart rather quickly. And that's just if it's just a sun flare that's taking out all communications and electricity. Um, you know, what, what are some of the things that you worry about as far as when people start panicking in these type of situations that could be catastrophic? Well, I mean, due to the fact that it's not something that people are tremendously aware of, um, you have people just running around buying or doing things that are random that really aren't very helpful. Um, you know, adrenaline is a good thing and a bad thing. I'm not saying that this is obviously causing adrenaline spike, but, you know, if that energy or that... Um, that impetus is focused, it can be a good thing. Uh, if that energy is uh, left to be just spread out and unfocused, it's just really causing people to uh, kind of, um, one, panic unnecessarily, but then two, the preparations that they're making are not effective. Um, so what are people going to be doing? You know, if, pe if a normal person hears this and sits there and you know, says, oh, my goodness, 
uh, what can happen with this? It's going to take out all communications. Okay, well, are they plant? Do they know the steps of what happens when we lose communications? Okay, if we lose communications, what happens with that? If we lose power, what happens with that? And what are the steps to mitigate the effects of each of those? Um, and that's where I don't think that um, a lot of folks take the time is to actually focus. Okay, instead of worrying, let me focus on my response and let me kind of control and go down our own checklist. Now, I didn't see the sheet that you've uh, sent me before. I've never seen that before, but uh, FEMA does have some guidance. Uh, I believe it came out, it was uh, May of 2019, um, dealing with uh, impending space weather. And basically, it's what, um, you know, we've discussed, it's kind of... uh, Encourage when there is an event that may, uh, and that's according to NOAA, NASA, and uh, the Air Force, and I'm sure now with the advent of Space Force, um, that when they think that there's going to be an issue that's going to affect us, okay, now we have a heightened sense that we should prepare for things. And the government's response, and I think is probably the most appropriate response, believe it or not, I'm not sitting there saying government response is always right, but I think this is what people can do. I mean, we're not going to get out of the way of a solar flare. Just obviously, nothing to do with that. But what can we do um, to mitigate the effects of it and respond to it? So the government's response is for people to really check on their what's called continuity of operations plans, mm-hmm. uh, making sure their backup plan, which is essentially hey, what's our backup plan to make sure that we can still maintain a level of service until things are brought back up to normal? Uh, And, you know, folks need to kind of have their own personal continuity of operations plan. What's your own contingency plan if X, Y, and Z happens? And I think folks need to really um, just, I know it's something that may be, um, obviously it's not of this world, so it's not really if it's normally if it's not in people's phones or if it's in their their sphere of influence they're not paying attention to it other than what they see in that social media post or what have you so they don't know how to respond to it so if people can actually research this even on a very basic level you understand that okay this you don't need to get into the weeds like you and i probably can on this but basically say okay this level can potentially affect communications. If my communications are affected, how do I communicate with my family? How do I know where my kids are supposed to be at this time, um, where my wife is and stuff like that? Um, if it's so, going to affect electricity, how do you catch How do you deal with that? Go ahead. Right. Sorry. Right. No, Joe, it's Chris. So basically people should be able to generate their own bug out bags. Right. And this doesn't necessarily have to do with, uh, you know, uh, uh, space weather, but it could be for any reason. Right. Well, bug out bug out bags are something that's going to be I mean, where one that's part of your uh, any kind of planning continuity planning, if you will. Um, Like myself, I have um, I have an everyday bag that I keep in in my truck. You know, I have. and then I have also, you know, first aid stuff. That's that's an everyday thing for me. Um, but a bug out bag really uh, is kind of um, 
ineffective if you don't have a plan and do right. you really need to sit there and bug out sometimes it's better to bug in and stay in um once i know that you know um my wife and kids uh were safe or hey they're all home okay we have limited communication now cell phones are out uh smoke signals aren't working uh because chemtrails are interfering with them um so just, yeah right <laughs> you have to I'm, worry I'm about sorry. those guys <laughs> i wonder if that's noah or not yeah it's i'm no noah actually is they're actually those guys are great the, uh, i had the opportunity to train with noah on a couple occasions and those guys are awesome to um they know more about weather and science than than i i think i could probably digest uh, those guys are great um as far as observing stuff and breaking stuff down um you know hey let me ask you a better job yeah right let me ask you a question you use a phrase continuity of what was it continuity of operations plan Uh, a coup plan is what uh people will uh, generally refer to it as yes right so is something like this does occur some kind of space weather event uh i i can only assume that there could be you know riots fires mudslides earthquakes dogs and cats living together and all of that does continuity <laughs> of greg does it seem that there's always a ghostbuster reference exactly <laughs> yes it does <laughs> chris Is... if you've heard me on here before i think i've made one uh each episode you've made I've several yes oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to do the one Hey, baby, imagine how many eligible voters would vote for you. (laughs) (laughs) No, we'll wait till 2024 for that. So the question I was going to ask was, would continuity of government kick in? So we're talking about the General Van Herks and all that. No, you're going to talk about each division is going to say, okay, um, you know, it's, it's obviously going to be scaled upon the level of the event. Um, they're not going to do it for just in case. They're going to say, okay, hey, yeah, our power is out. How do we deal with um, what's going on? You know, how do we get that back up online and how do we operate while it's getting back up online? Um, and and that's, the, that's the purpose of uh, COOP is to say, this is our basic level of operations. This is our um, basic uh, needs for those operational period, a normal operating period. Um, how do we operate given that that normalcy has been affected until, and then uh, during that period that it's not the normal operations, um, how do we operate and then how do we get back to normal operations? Um, so continuity of government itself is just too large for an event like that. I well, I mean, depends on. I mean, if we're depends talking on the a, event, a, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it depends <laughs> on the event. You know, yeah. I mean, I could. It may, hey, heaven forbid, you know, the good Lord says, "Hey, we're gonna um, give you a good sun lashing and um, everything's out." Then, you know, obviously, you know, you see all the. They're gonna deal with things as they come, but you're gonna see. Okay, hey total power and communications loss how that's like greg said that's essentially um an emp and what do you do to respond to that so yeah. um 
really that's it's, you're going to be respond you're going to be preparing for what the effects of that are right um, right so it's I have, the same as any other na- natural event if you will yeah sure sure i've got one last question um let's assume the worst right because we always like to talk about gloom and doom it's the most dramatic thing <laughs> what happens if th- everything does go offline? In your experience and within your knowledge, what kind of infrastructure is the most easiest to get back online? Would it be the current grid situation or would it be something along the lines of these green new dealers with wind and solar? Well, um, see, that's going to be uh, kind of a, a tricky question, if you will, because once the, uh, if there was some sort of uh, issue with the sun and there, or, and or an EMP, it's going to fry so many things. And once it fries the actual equipment, getting it back up online is not going to be the same as there's a few lines down. How do we get those lines back up? So that's something that is going to be, um, that's going to be a, a much more prolonged event. Um, you know, if you can, obviously, so say during a regular, we'll say um, just a, a, a regular storm and or hurricane, if you will, a natural event um, that is, uh, you know, earth, <laughs> earthbound, not um, solar storms. But the, um, so you're preparing for, okay, power lines are going to be down, um, perhaps a couple uh, transformer or um, stage substations may be flooded. Okay, how do we divert power around to get to where we need to, and how do we get those lines back up? So, and the power company around here, I will give full um, full credit to they uh, Delmarva Power in the area. They are awesome to one work with, uh, and two they get back up online. Those the linemen do a heck of a job. I'll give them uh, credit on that, um, and. But I think with something to this magnitude that we're talking about, if it were to fry the electrical grid, it's going to fail. You're going to really have a tough time uh, getting the material and equipment to replace what was fried and checking what wasn't fried and how do we um, get the system back up online. And that's going to be the prolonged event, you know, because they don't sit there. They have some equipment, you know, sat in the yard or that they can uh, purchase and get up online quickly. But if a whole system is fried, that's a that's a, an event of a huge magnitude that I'm not sure um, that they could really uh, remedy the same way that they would after a normal storm. So what I'm hearing is coal stoves and candles. <laughs> Pretty much, man. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> pretty much. I, I think that that may we may have to sit there and um, I'll do uh, on the YouTube and start doing some uh, content the way I've, uh, Greg and I have talked about. Um, <laughs> I can use that. This is my scenario, and we can start uh, <laughs> start doing that. Yeah. Now we, we've we've been having these conversations, Chris, about Joe doing this uh, average Joe prep YouTube channel. He's asked for my assistance, and as you know, my my hours in a day are short between doing this show and everything else. But I'm trying to come up with some uh, video help for him to to be able to get that because he's a wealth of 
extreme knowledge over the last two and a half decades of his life of learning emergency preparedness. And uh, Joe, I appreciate you taking time out of uh, your evening to be able to talk to our listeners tonight. Give us a little bit of information. And as always, your voice is calming. And I can understand why <laughs> you were excellent in both military as well as cool under pressure and emergency management, uh, because nothing really seems to rattle you. You you take everything with a, a nice stride. I'm sure my listeners are going to appreciate that as well. So thank you for coming on to the show tonight. Thank you for having me as always. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, maybe I can start a smooth jazz channel or something, you know, when we get the uh, the grid back up. <laughs> when the grid comes back up, there we go. Yeah. The first thing, little as long as we don't have to listen to like, uh, what is it? Uh, what's a Kenny G? <laughs> hey man, look, Kenny. Hey, I don't know about you, man, but a little Kenny G and Babyface back in the day was some. Uh, that was that might have been the way to go. You know, a couple <laughs> candles, a little bottle of wine. That, that was not a half bad way to go, pal. If that I, works uh, for you. <laughs> it, it, Hey, I may be showing my age, but I'm just saying it, it, it was not a bad thing. Uh, it, wasn't, it, it only became bad when it became played in the malls and everything like that. Well, again, thanks so much for being a part of the show. We got to run no here because we have our first break we got to get to, Joe, uh, but we definitely appreciate you. All right, everybody, that's the first half of the show. We've been talking about space weather. It's been a blast. When we get back in the second half, it's going to be a really brief break here, by the way, so make sure you don't go nowhere. But when we get back on the second half of the show, we're going to talk about these comments from Trump, the comments from Biden, CTI, the story from Schellenberger, the GOP debates. Oh, my, do we have a packed second half of the show? I'm not even sure Chris and I are going to be able to fit this entire thing in, but it's going to be a blast, and we're going to try our best to do so. Make sure you're going over to americaoutloud.store where you can help support support the network directly. And if you like what I do here on the network as well, you can support me directly by going to buymeacoffee.com backslash bold America. I'm not bought or paid for by anybody. I hope that you can realize that if you haven't by now, just reiterating that I rely on being able to be supported by my listeners. So it is greatly appreciated when you do so. And I just want to give a special thank you uh, to Mr. Walls, who made a very generous donation through Buy Me a Coffee just last week. Uh, been a supporter of my show since really day one on the network. He reached out and uh, it really floored me to see that donation. I appreciate you, Mr. Walls. Thank you so much for being a loyal listener and always willing to engage on what you like and areas where you think that I could maybe grow in some of my, uh, my areas, because I'm always willing to hear that from everybody. We'll be right back in just a few moments. You're listening to American Bolden with Greg Bolden and Chris Michaels here on the America Out Loud Network. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity.
Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back, Bold Americans. Second half of the show here. Wow, that was a pretty informative first half there. We're talking about space weather and the continuity program, making sure that things can work. Chris, what were you thinking there? I'm thinking there's, it's almost like you have to worry about a lot, even though you're completely helpless. You know what I mean? Like you can't help being in the way of a solar flare or some kind of solar event, because that also implies that you're manipulating the electromagnetic frequency of the earth itself. So then you're talking about pole flips and pole shifts, earthquakes, tidal waves, all of that. So what can you really do when you're faced with (laughs) these cataclysmic events? But you know, that's how I feel feel about all these topics lately, right? Like, what can we do about Biden? What can we do about Trump? What can we do about the Ukraine or Israel? You and I can't do Jack or S-H-I-T. So instead, we talk about and we try to give people a little bit of hope, a little bit of, uh, you know, perspective on the whole thing. But like, look, this past week, Trump went on with Sean Hannity and MSNBC jumped right onto this. And Trump said he'd only be a dictator for day one of the second term. And oh my God, you might've thought that everybody on MSNBC had a coronary at one time that, oh my God, Trump confirmed our worst fears. He said he's going to be a dictator, (laughs) but don't take my words for it. Why don't you take President Trump's words for it? So let me play his words right now so you can hear before the spin room makes their own take on it. Here it is. I want to go back to this one issue, though, because the media has been focused on this and attacking you under no circumstances. You are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Except Look, what? He's going crazy. <laughs> I want to close the border and I want to drill. That's drill, not a, that's, drill. That's not. No, no. That's not retribution. I got I'm going to be. I'm going to be. You know, he keeps. I love this guy. He says, "You're not going to be a dictator, are you?" I said, "No, no, no. Other than day one." Other than day one, which is another way of saying, "Yep, it's a frightening new flash." Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's another way of saying, "Yep." what the hell is going on on msnbc they're back up to their old tricks and games it's like fox news 
when they twist the words of Biden the same way and they're like, look, you know, Biden was having dinner with Z and I'm sure that Hunter was under the table doing coke. Well, what's like the sensationalization of these words are absolutely ridiculous. I understood what he was saying. Did you understand what he was saying? Yes, of course. He didn't even bring up the fact of all of the people that are abusing their positions of power to go after him and his allies. He didn't even talk about that. He said, just drill and close the border. I mean, <laughs> that was it. That was if that's it. dictatorial, then uh, <laughs> how now, many other presidents fit the bill? <laughs> now, I can understand, though. Like, if you're on the left and your biggest fear that you've been fed by MSNBC, right, and uh, the lamestream media of CNN, whoever else is reporting these type of stories and running with it, uh, I can understand why when you hear these words out of Trump's mouth, you're like, oh, God, there it is. Should Trump be wiser? At this point in time, with the charges that are against him, the campaign that he's running, do you think he should be just a little bit wiser about what words come out of his mouth? No, because it adds martyrdom points to him. Mm. Think about that. Everything he says, you know what he means. I know what he means. His base knows what he means. The primary voters know what he means. But the Democrats go just apoplectic about something like that. And that only reinforces his base, and it also probably draws in some independence. So, no, it's Trump. Like, he's, what, 76 years old now? 75? 77, I think. 77, even. Mm -hmm. Okay, are you going to get somebody that age to change the way they speak? I mean, as far as I know, since day one, he has matured since he first got on stage. He doesn't <laughs> speak is as extreme as he did. I mean, do you remember some of the press conferences? No, you're an idiot. You're a mean person. You're stupid. <laughs> maybe maybe he's getting old and tired. Maybe his age I, is starting to get in the way. Maybe he's just tired. I don't know. That man took a lot of Adderall, as far as I know. So he's probably still taking it. Well, here's why I think Trump should, should really monitor his words right now. Are you aware what? RFK Jr. currently leads the 2024 candidates in the favorability poll? Not only that, changes. Uh, so that's a great question to qualify on, right? So the Hill found that 52% of respondents said they have a favorable opinion of Kennedy, while 27% of respondents had an unfavorable opinion. Kennedy also had the highest net favorability rating of 25. Um, and it doesn't look like they actually put the age groups in here. So I couldn't answer that. It was a Harvard Caps Harris survey conducted 2,851 respondents in the survey. So what are you alleging with this here when you want to know the age? Well, getting a master's degree that was basically having to do with interpreting statistics, you can make statistics look like anything you want them to look like. So it's coming from the Hill. So immediately it's potentially biased. And then you have to look at the actual study itself. These people can name the study in an article, but unless they're giving you the actual link where you can look at margins of error, uh, the age groups, you know, how, how many voters there are. Oh, here we go. Is this it? So On this screen? is project. This is actually project 538, which the left likes to use as well uh -huh. to talk about, you know, fair and balanced. And here we can see the, the favorability numbers of him. And what's actually kind of interesting. This is Americans unfavorable opinion 
has been on the rise since really it looks like July, July 20th and then kind of uh, maybe flattening out. But it, the favorability has not been rising. If anything, it's been lowering. So yeah. you're correct. That is a like, little bit of a skewing of the numbers. And, and go go back a little bit. On yeah, we'll go back. For everyone yeah. on, the, on listening that you can't see this, but Greg has a, has a chart up. And the name of the chart is basically studying do Americans have a favorable or unfavorable opinion of RFK? So this chart only goes up to December 1st. Yes. I would like to see these numbers around December 6th and 7th when he admitted that he was on the, the uh, Lolita Express with Jeffrey Epstein a number of times. Mm. I want to see what that happens. What, but what didn't, happens he, with that. didn't he also say that he was never on the island? He just Correct. simply flew on the plane. Correct. Yes. Do and you believe him? No, I don't. Okay. Um, especially since uh, we know his his ties to Ghislaine Maxwell and the art scene mm-hmm. uh, and the socialite circles, and then his uh, now suspicious death of one of his ex-wives, which was claimed to be, I think, suicide at the time. But uh, there are people doing some digging saying, uh, this may be a little bit something else, mm. and we wouldn't be surprised uh, given his social strata. So you know how the elites work. Interesting. Uh, so, I'm gonna, I want to point out here that Harris poll, the Harvard University Center that we just cited, is the yeah. only poll showing him that favorable. So you are correct. <laughs> look at that. I mean, if you look at these, I mean, he has good favorability numbers. I'm not trying yeah. to skew. He's still over 40% in a couple of them, 32, uh-huh. 37, 38. Uh, so not bad favorability. Certainly he's more favorable. The best one. They chose the best one the, for that right, story. Of course. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know what? This is why, you know, I think that people can trust you and I to look through data and to be able to give things. I brought something to you and you said, well, Greg, what's the age? What's the stuff? And what I do, I didn't just double down. I said, okay, well, let me go find it before we make an opinion. You know what's important that you did? What's that? You clicked on links. Oh, and you were a shots fired across the bow. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when that frothing a hole wishes polio upon me. And then in the next text says, Oh, Oh, he's going to be on the show. Love you though. (laughs) He's going to be on the show next week with us. Now he's going to be like, Oh, I got to respond to that. You called me. You You just wished polio on me because you disagreed with me. You effing fool. (laughs) So for, for those that don't know, uh, <laughs> Lefty Lehman, uh, we actually got mail uh, at the end of last week after our episode that said, this guy is so annoying. Why do you keep bringing him back onto the show? Um, and that's why we bring him onto the show. Like, honestly, uh, Lefty Lehman, uh, I've known for years. Uh, he's not a bad dude whatsoever. He's actually a really good no. guy. Um, no, that all stated. All. He is wrong across the board uh, as far as socialism for America. And I bring him onto the show, not because I personally find him annoying. Yeah, I think his views are annoying to me, but I think that they need to be heard because that is the common sense side of the left that doesn't make sense to me. And so I want to have dialogue with him. I want Chris Michaels and I to engage. So uh, if you were annoyed by him, like that other uh, viewer that wrote in or guest that, uh, not guest, the listener that wrote in, then by all means, job well done by us, because that's what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to have a visceral response to this so we can actually process what we're hearing. So I thought that that was all really uh, important. Now, <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> speaking of processing what we're hearing, uh-huh. you told me that you wanted to talk about Biden stating that 
World War III was being threatened. And I saw this on socials, but I had trouble finding it after the fact. And so you sent me a link and I'm going to bring that up next for people to be able to see. Now, uh, here's the a- other problem. Yeah. I reposted that quote. Yeah, it disappeared. And it's gone. Mm-hmm. So the original quote was, if we don't get the funding, because it's NDAA season, National Defense Authorization Act season. So every year, the federal government goes cap in hand and says, we need an extra trillion dollars to fund the war industry. And so they do that in December. So that's what we're looking at here. And Biden essentially said that if we don't get the funding, then we're going to have to start considering the fact that American troops could be in, I think, the Ukraine or Russia won't stop in the Ukraine so that they could start to face American troops. And then that's that's what we find here in this finance article, right? Mm-hmm. But he said something else. Right so what did it say here? So it says if Putin takes Ukraine, he won't stop there. So he's saying he needs the money or else Putin's going to take Ukraine. It says Putin will attack a NATO ally, he predicted, and then we'll have something we don't seek and that we don't have today, American troops fighting Russian troops. We can't let Putin win, he said, which prompted an angry reaction from Moscow. Of course. It was provocative rhetoric, unacceptable for a responsible nuclear power. Um, but I also saw comments about World War III yes. because there are some Poland jets, well, the United States jets, that they said, Biden said, look, if we put those jets into war and allow Polish fighters to fly those jets, that is World War III. And so they were trying to figure out how could they get this weaponry into the Ukraine without us being involved. Good luck. It sounds like blackmail. Yes. But here's another part of Biden's quote that's not in this article, and I had a lot of trouble finding it. And I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have the quote in front of me anymore. He said that if you and when you have two nuclear powers at war, it will end in a nuclear exchange or a nuclear war. That's what he said after that troop comment. Now, like I said, I reposted that and it was a video of him saying that. And that that's gone. I can't find it anymore. And this was only from what, yesterday or two days ago. Right. So that got memory hold. So this to me says, one, I don't think they'll do something like that. But two, this is NDAA season. So they need to get that trillion bucks, and they're just going to say anything they possibly can to do it. So townhall.com posted a clip of the speech. I'm going to see what they have here and play the audio for everybody. Here we go. American troops fighting right when we've committed as a NATO member that we defend every inch of NATO territory. Then we'll have something that we don't seek and that we don't have today. American troops fighting Russian troops. American troops fighting Russian troops if he moves into other parts of NATO. So what what Biden's saying here is we have been fighting a proxy war, which you and I have talked about on the show anyway. We've been trying to point out to people that we are at war. We're at war with our dollars, right? We're at war by financing and trying to take and weaken Russia in another way. If I'm Russian, I'm listening to the way that Biden's talking right now about I need this money or else it's going to cost your sons and daughters their lives as they go over to the Ukraine. I've got to start calling Biden out saying, you know what, Biden, 
you might not have sent your sons and daughters, but you are fighting us. And it's very well and apparent now that you have no problem fighting us physically should the money stop. This is nothing more than a bully saying, I need this or else I'm taking my toys and going home. And I'm going to make sure that your kids die as a result. If Trump was doing the exact same thing, the left would be up in arms. I think that the craziest thing of the last four years for me, three years for me, has been watching the Democrat Party, the party that used to claim that they were better than George W. Bush, the party that used to claim that they were the anti-war party, become the biggest warmongering frauds in the entire country. Like we have now Democrats that are salivating over the next bomb that might go off somewhere literally salivating going, oh, this is great. Look at this coverage of what's going on. Send some more money over to the Ukraine. Oh, are you seeing what's happening on the Gaza Strip? You got people that don't know how the real in for peace at this present moment. And I think that scares me the most out of everything. Well, it scares me too, because now we can affirmatively say that it really is quid pro Joe. Mm -hmm. He's doing the same thing. He's threatening World War III not necessarily to Russia, because Russia already acknowledges the fact that they've been at war with us, but against the American voter. If I don't get this money, I'm going to start a third world war. I mean, this is dictatorial stuff. You want to talk about dictatorships on day one. I mean, <laughs> we're four years into this. Terrorist attacks on Nord Stream, escalating things in the Ukraine. And by the way, one of the main issues that the Ukrainians are now facing is that there are no more Western mercenaries because they've all gone to Israel and Gaza. So that's another reason why Zelensky is so up in arms and why mm -hmm. Biden is looking for this funding, because they took all the mercenaries away. Well, Michaels, things have gotten really bad for uh, Biden on Thursday, like extremely bad for Biden. Now, well, I know what, what people are going to say. They're going to say, oh, but Hunter has nothing to do with Joe Biden. Oh, really? Hunter Biden, that Joe Biden said that's the smartest son that he has. Well, charges just got put on to Hunter Biden. He just got charged with nine additional criminal charges in a federal tax case. This is uh, breaking news on a Thursday night as well. He was charged connection with a long running Justice Department investigation into his taxes, including failure to file and pay taxes, evasion of assessment, and false or fraudulent tax returns. Okay, is there a mirror being held up the Trump and the Bidens right now? Like, are we seeing like, <laughs> oh, Trump has that charge. We better get Biden with that charge too. Like it certainly seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Every God. time something happens to Biden, something happens to Trump. On uh what, December seventh, by the way, Pearl Harbor yeah. Day. So. Mm -hmm. Sixty seventy-two years, nineteen forty-one. I gotta do my math really quick. Yeah, I think something along those lines. Yeah. So I don't teach math. <laughs> no, yeah, right. Um no, it's gonna be seventy-eight years, right? Something uh, like that. Wasn't forty one to twenty two. Yeah. I could have my yeah. It doesn't sure. matter. The point is, the point is, is, that, is it's Pearl Harbor Day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell but, them what they've won, Chris Michaels. <laughs> Eighty-two years. There we go. There we go. So, Thank you. So I was wrong too, but uh, th this is exactly what the problem is here: is that they? It's almost as if they tied these two individuals together. Not necessarily Joseph Biden, but Hunter Biden and Donald Trump in some bizarre 
kind of ritual where if something happens to one, it does the same thing to the other. And I think this is the way the Democrats are trying to alleviate public outrage. Whatever they throw at Trump, they can say, oh, well, look at look at Hunter. You know, he's got the same problems. So it's a way to let off the steam. Now, here's why Joe Biden has problems. Um, the case was close to being closed back in July when in a Delaware courtroom right down the street from me, a plea deal went south really quickly. Yeah. This new tax case is from his lucrative overseas business dealings with none other than Burisma and a Chinese private equity fund. Now, Michaels, you already know, Biden is under a House Republicans impeachment inquiry right now for Burisma and the Chinese private equity fund. Could this signal that the Republicans might follow through with their impeachment proceedings now that there's tax charges that are tying directly to this case? Good point. I also think this is a way that Democrats can finally get rid of Joseph Biden. Which we think they, they let the Republicans do this impeachment. They don't stop it. Mm -hmm. And then you can get who knows who, Gavin Newsom in there. The one who who finds schools for not allowing pornography in them. <laughs> that's what well, that's what that's what he's running for, right? And and what was the deal with this 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 ridiculous debate between DeSantis and Newsom? I mean, how tedious was that? Yeah, that was so last week. I'm not even getting into that. Like, I know, honestly, it's... Newsom. I mean, it's like the GOP debate. Did you watch the GOP debate yesterday? You mean the GOP? The GOP, you down Everyone. with GOP? <laughs> not me. Yeah, you know, not me. <laughs> Who's down with GOP? Ain't I don't me. know any ladies. Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was such. <sighs> so you, you have a whole bunch of people that are trying to vie for some position. I think the worst one of all for mm -hmm. the average primary voter was Nikki Haley. Because when Vivek Rabasalami came out there and said, you want to send American troops to die for the Ukraine. And you can't even name the three provinces that you want American sons and daughters priceless. to die in. Then you have no business being commander in chief. And the only reason why you're doing this is to enrich yourself and buy a bigger house. We, we got to listen to that. We got to listen so, to that. So now here's the really bad part of all this. It's not that he said it. It's her reaction and how humbled she was, and the smirk she gave. And then the real kicker, which not a lot of people picked up on, was after the smirk, and when she looked down, when she did that, you knew it was done. Oh, yeah, she was toast. Let's, let's listen to it right now. So foreign policy experience is not the same as foreign policy wisdom. I want everybody at home to know that I was the first person to say we need a reasonable peace deal in Ukraine. Now a lot of the neocons are quietly coming along to that position with the exceptions of Nikki Haley and Joe Biden, who still support this, what I believe is pointless war that in swallow. Ukraine. And I think those with like, foreign oh. policy experience, one thing that Joe Biden and Nikki mm -hmm. Haley have in common <laughs> is that neither of them could even state for you three provinces in eastern Ukraine. She's looking for the bucket to, to throw up in right now. Fight for. Yep. 
Yeah. Here it comes. This is what I want people to understand. These people have, I mean, she has no idea what the hell the names of those provinces are, but she wants to send <laughs> our sons and daughters and our troops and our military equipment to go fight it. So reject this myth that they've been selling you, that somebody had a cup of coffee stint at the UN and then makes eight million bucks after, has real foreign face. policy experience. It takes an outsider to see this through. Look at the blank expression. She doesn't know the names of the provinces that she wants to actually fight for. That look. That she look. tilts her head down. She looks down in her paper. Completely silent. Doesn't say a word. Just done. Skewered. Oh, man. He, he, he destroyed her. Not that any of this matters. And I'm going to be the first to, no. to really be upfront with my audience. I did not watch any of the debates because I don't think that the debates matter whatsoever. I only watched the highlights. I saw the Chris Christie and basically uh, Vivek or Vivek Ramasalami Wama Wama. <laughs> I saw where he said to him that he should go basically hit up the Golden Corral and, and exit the place. Um, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but you know it was just a bunch of people. As I stated, the last three debates beforehand trying to find some type of relevancy on that stage. The GOP stick a fork in them. They are done. Done, ladies and gentlemen. The GOP has no vitality whatsoever. There's no path forward. And apparently Melania Trump, she doesn't even believe in any of these four stooges that are on screen because she is vying for none other than Tucker Carlson to be Donald Trump's running mate as wow. vice president. Wow. Now, you know the dynamic between Trump and Melania is that Trump is a little bit more visceral, but Melania is supposed to be Trump's radar, where mm -hmm. she's able to see through people and make recommendations. She didn't do very well, I think, with Dr. Oz. I think she, that was one of her recommendations in Pennsylvania. Oh, God, that but, was horrible. But, well, I mean, look at who he was running against. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing, too. Yeah, how did he yes, lose? He is. That, that shows you how horrible he was. He lost to a guy that only had half a brain. I mean, the Wizard <laughs> of Oz, he was going down the yellow brick road to try to find his brain during his campaign. And he you couldn't know. even beat him. Tell me I'm wrong. You know he has got, like, a pile of, uh, a box of bunnies somewhere. If you get the reference, no, you don't get the reference. Okay. So, I mean, it, for, for all the English literature folks out there or American literature folks out there, <laughs> <laughs> old Lenny. <laughs> Show's going downhill really quick. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, going back to what we were saying, yes. Melania is the bellwether. She's able to cut through all the nonsense. She's able to see the grifters. And she's, uh, she's supposedly makes recommendations to Trump in which way he should go with the people he tries to hire. And supposedly she's a lot better at it than he is. So if she's saying Tucker, then that says to me that they are having serious discussions already because you would not know about that story unless they had made, they, they've narrowed down the list and they want trial balloons out there. Mm. So well. if they did that, could you imagine could you imagine that debate, the vice presidential debate? Could you imagine somebody like Tucker Carlson in there? Could you imagine a President Carlson if that happened, if something oh, bad happened? <laughs> no, you know he would dust off that bow tie. The would, first would he, thing would, he puts on. Would he call up his new good friend Alex Jones as vice president in that? Oh, man. could you? No, he'd be Department of State. <laughs> yeah, and for those that don't know... uh 
Alex Jones took to uh, Tucker Carlson's show uh, in order to uh, do a two-hour interview, which I have not had an opportunity to watch the entire thing. I, I started watching it, uh, but it, it premiered right before we were taping this uh, and put it going live. So I have not had an opportunity. Now, there were a bunch of topics for tonight. We've covered Trump's comments. We've covered yeah. Biden's comments. We've covered the space weather fear. We've covered the GOP debates. We have one final topic, and unfortunately, we're not going to cover this for a long period of time tonight because I'm not ready to fully talk about it, but I'm ready to tease it with the audience. Ooh. The CTI Show a little story. angle. The so CTI, CTI or CTIL? CTIL, which is also, you can call it the CTI files. I see. Okay. All right. So the CTI League is what we're referring to. All right. You can find this story from the Hamilton 68 connection. Matt Taibbi just posted this up on his Racket News, which is part of his Substack. I'm going to put that up on here really quick so people can see this. And it's actually part four out of uh, there's three additional, obviously, uh, stories that have been coming out. Michael Schellenberger. I just want to let people know. I think that I am tied in some way, shape, or form to this story. And I am unsure of how to go about it at the present moment. Michaels, do you know why I think that I'm tied to this story? Well, what happened over the summer? Well, over the summer, I became an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) What did you what did, the only idiocy that I know that you've done was to drive to New York. <laughs> to, well, I did that to too. Meet, <laughs> to meet somebody you've met on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, his eyebrow game was on point, but it won't be for long. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. It was your Jeez, I got a birthday party. Of course, I had to come celebrate. I'm going to get windburn. I got to enjoy it now. I can't walk too fast now. It's <laughs> come January. <laughs> So, yeah, on July 2nd, I posted a story about Erica Marsh being a part of a a bot farm type of thing, an influence of uh, really trolling both uh, the Republicans and the liberals in a sense to create uh, really misinformation across the board in order to get both sides just as confused. And I linked it to a gentleman at the time, and I'm not going to say his name, um, and I linked it to some other players But the CTI files, CTIL files, as Chris just accurately stated, go back to people in Germany. Mm. And they have some really interesting connections. And so um, I found that some of my research. But before we do anything, let's let's acknowledge that mm -hmm. your illustrious co-host said that you may be tied to this. Before you even knew about the story. Yeah, you broke it to me. I had no idea. That's right. So, that, okay, I'm done. That, well, that's why I <laughs> tossed it to you earlier. It was a softball, and you, you, you didn't hit it out of the park. You, you went elsewhere with it about, like, me meeting people on the internet. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I was tossing that softball. That, like, the CTIL story, you're the one that put on my radar and said, hey, do you remember that guy in Germany? And do you remember all the people that you were unearthing as a, as a response to that? Yes. As I was doing that story, I unearthed individuals that were far beyond that individual. And as I was doing so, 
I have connections to Hamilton 68. I have connections to the Panama Papers. I have connections to money laundering. I have connections to some very crazy, nefarious things. But I think the biggest part of what we're finding here between the Twitter files and the CTI leak is our intelligence community is directly involved in getting other countries, particularly in Germany, to interact on social media in order to influence our electorate and our foreign policies. And they also have the ability to make people kind of disappear on social media. Now, Michaels, I'm not sure if you've paid attention to my social, but my socials have kind of disappeared ever since I covered that story. I went from over 9 million people per month to down to like 50,000 to 100,000 interactions per month. Wow. I didn't know it was that drastic. Oh, it's, it's very drastic at this point. Yes. Wow. And now you're guilty by association because you've had people tell you that they can't do certain things. They get locked out of their accounts just for interacting with you. So Yeah, I was shocked. Shocked. Sure. People were liking and commenting on my posts, and then they, they would get booted off of X. So what's going on? I mean, what this says to me is that we're dealing with a transnational fascistic military order. And they don't care about constitutions. They don't care about free speech. They don't care about the social construct or the social contract between citizens and governments. They, they do not care. There's another agenda, and they're going to push it. And so to, to sum up the C, these uh, CTIL files, it's basically this. They can't do what they've been doing on American soil. So the intelligence agencies fund, create and hire individuals in foreign countries like Germany under the guise that they're fighting disinformation and malinformation. And then those same companies go back to social media corporations in the United States to make quote-unquote recommendations. And then those social media companies remove the accounts, shadow ban people, hinder freedom of speech, and so on. So... This is what we're talking about. This is just tyranny, uh, tyrannical laundering, because you can't do it, you know, directly on American soil. So you have to do it in other countries. That's where it probably falls under the purview of the CIA, because it's in Germany or Italy or Spain. I mean, you could take this one step further. I remember reading stories back in 2020 and 2016 about the electronic voting machines. So where does the data go? People put it in a ballot, the data goes in there, then the data goes to servers in other countries, and then it's shot back here to the United States where the results are posted after the data has gone into and out of a foreign country. So what could happen during that time? Italy was involved in that one when I remembered those stories correctly. So we have to start to realize that this is America but we're not dealing with these politicians. The politicians are, are empty. We're, we're dealing with something a lot more darker, and it's transnational. I would even say national borders don't really matter anymore because this is about humanity and its right to just speak freely and truthfully. I mean, this is what we're looking at. It's crazy. Uh. But yet this story gets no mainstream coverage whatsoever. And the average American is not talking about it. It's people like you and I that are bringing this to the listening masses and Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi. Good job. Keep up the great work and your team keep up the great work because it's very important. But 
obviously the, the well, good influence. job you too don't forget to pat yourself on the back for what you did over the summer I accidentally fell into it, although the research after the fact, yeah, absolutely. But I accidentally did fall into that story. It wasn't on. That's not what I was going setting out for. That's what I <laughs> fell into afterwards. And I think that's important. And then I'm not taking credit for their work whatsoever because they're going no. into what happened, you know, a decade a ago. And so, yeah, I, I have a, a small piece of that uh, of that puzzle. Uh, that I'm currently unearthing with some other individuals. So I will have more to say about that in the future. Today's not that day, but I promise you I have spicy stuff uh, coming in the future when I feel I can safely talk about it and it's published elsewhere. Until that time that it's published elsewhere, I'm probably going to keep that close to the vest, but just let my listeners know it's a little showing of the leg right now. I'm teasing it out. What a great week we've had, Michaels. This was a fun wrap-up show here. I, I enjoyed the evening tonight between Average Joe and a spirited conversation in the second half. It's always good to be amongst friends as we're doing this show. Thank you so much. No, thank you. It's always no, a pleasure. No, thank you. No, thank, thank you. you. No, thank you. <laughs> I was Kinky Friedman for doing that act. <laughs> All right, everybody, we're going to wrap it up right here. Uh, for those that have been following on live, we appreciate you going on. You have at last uh, call caravan, uh, Chris Michaels, make sure you give him a follow on X. Just understand that you might have trouble hitting that follow button. If you do make sure that you're messaging him or I through a private message and let us know that that's happening. I'm at real Greg Bolden on Twitter. Make sure you're going over to America out news where you can check out all my work and all my colleagues work. And we'll be back once again to do this all over again next week. And I'll have a whole other week of shows with you with great guests. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden and Chris Michaels here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Uh-huh.